Welcome to the audio ministry of Grove Park Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. We pray you will be blessed by today's message. I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to Jeremiah chapter number 29. A couple of things as you're turning there. Number one, we will observe communion next Sunday. Um, when you come in, there will be brown bags uh, in the vestibule that will have your elements located within. Please grab a bag as you come in um, as we prepare for table over the course of service. Also, Beloved, we live in perilous times, and I suspect that the news of the next week and the next few weeks will be even more perilous. We have a pandemic at home, a foreign crisis abroad, and a natural disaster on our Gulf Coast. So I want to remind you that in the course of this unfolding events to remember who you are to remember whose you are and to remember what your mission is and above all else because God is in control your mission is to keep your head when the whole world is going crazy about you and to point others to keeping their head on straight as well. This is the moment for the church to shine forth. So remember that as you look at the news and you interact over the next few weeks. Jeremiah 29 is our assignment this morning. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father, we, uh, we come to an end today of a, a month-long emphasis on prayer. We, we come to the end of burrowing down deep into the vision you have placed for us as a congregation to achieve. And as we come to the last focus point today, we pray that you would give us wisdom as how best to live our lives. That we may be community champions. Father, give me the words that are needed for all those who have gathered to hear as we make our prayer now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
One of the growing topics of study amongst Christian scholars is the impact that end-time theology is having on the function of the local church. End-time theology seems to be prevalent when you go to any bookstore. To me, at least, it seems that the vast majority of books in the Christian sections are about end times rather than on how to live during those times. Scholars are finding that as they study the impact this is having, the fact that because so many evangelical disciples believe the Lord's return is imminent to the point of being overdue, some evangelicals have become less focused on the world around them. One of the most glaring instances of this disengagement is the lack of any evangelical discussion about creation care. We see it though in other ways, such as churches that devote a lot of time and energy to overseas missions because the unreached people groups of the world need to be reached in order to usher in the Lord's return. And they place such a great emphasis abroad that they ignore the mission field that surrounds them. Beloved, let me make a couple of things abundantly clear from the start this morning. I believe with every fiber of my being that the Lord could return at any point. I do not know, though, when that time is. I also believe that he has clearly taught us to go and to reach the nations of the world with the gospel. And a failure to do so, or even to attempt to do so, is sin. However, I also fully believe that God does not want us to be so future-minded that we forget to engage in the reality around us. Likewise, I am convinced that God calls us to reach people with the gospel both abroad and right here at home. God's plan for the church is for us to be community champions. And one of the best articulations of this desire, I believe, is found in our text this morning. For when we enter into Jeremiah 29, there has been a group of Exiles taken by Nebuchadnezzar from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. A second set will soon follow a few years later as Jeremiah prophesies in Jeremiah 29, 15 through 20. But it is to this first set of exiles that are in Babylon that the majority of Jeremiah's letter in Jeremiah 29 is addressed to. Because amongst these exiles there in Babylon, this first set, there are prophets running around and stirring them up by stating that God is about to return the exiles back to Jerusalem and to Judah. Jeremiah, though, quickly works to put such notions to rest. Notice verses 8 through 10 of Jeremiah 
chapter number 29. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. God says to the children of Israel, you are going to be in Babylon, not for some short period of time and then go back. This is not a vacation to Babylon. You're going to be there for 70 years. And as verse 4 tells us, he reminds them that he's the one that sent them there. Verse 4 says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. God says, I sent you where you are. Beloved, how often is it that you think to yourself that you have an understanding deep within who you are that God has placed you where you are right now? God has placed Grove Park where it is right now. Remember back in July, I wrote to you in the messenger about how long before West Burlington was West Burlington, before there was an interstate, God was navigating all of the roads around us to this point right here. And then disciples came to plant this church right here at this corner, strategically placing it. Beloved, we pine all the time about if we were here, we could do this, or if we were there, we could do that. We pine for times that are prior in our lives. You know, if we we just had all that we had back then, or if we have what we're going to have in the future, then we can do whatever it is that we need to do. We need to understand something above all else, beloved. God has called Grove Park here right now at this time and this place to fulfill his mission to Burlington he hasn't called us to be somewhere else he's called us to be right here and unless the state of North Carolina comes and redesigns all these roads around us guess what we're going to stay right here and if he redesigns all these roads guess what he's going to do He's going to open a door for us to go where he wants us to serve him next. And we're going to serve him there. Instead of trying to get back to some other time and place or somewhere else, beloved, we have to remember that God has called us right here. He has sent us right here. And as long as we wish that we were somewhere else or some time else, we're not going to be doing what he called us to do. Now it's also clear from the remainder of this text that where God puts you, and when he puts you there, he does not intend for you to sit there and look around and be idle. He intends for you to get to work. Jeremiah 29.5 says this, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. 
Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. Two things here, beloved. Number one, we have to remember that the building block, the most basic building block of a community is our homes. And we need to be focused on our families. From the start here in this prophecy, in these words from God, Jeremiah says, focus on your homes. So how focused are you on your home today, beloved? Are you focused on your home in such a way that you're reaching all of your relatives, all the ones that live in your house and your extended family? Are you reaching them with the gospel? Are you multiplying there? Not just in children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, but are you multiplying in disciples? Are you multiplying and increasing in faith? And since the next building block is your neighborhood in a community, it's a reminder to us that when the children of Israel went back from their time in Babylon, when they went to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem, they built it in front of their house. There's a long section in the book of Nehemiah about this person lived here and they built this part of the wall and this person lived here and they built this part of the wall and they went on and on until the whole wall was built. Beloved, have you reached your neighborhood for Jesus? Does everybody where you live know where you go to church? And I don't mean because you've got the Grove Park sign out in your front yard. I mean, does everybody where you live know where you go to church because you have said to them, hey, come to church. I attend Grove Park. We have a great church. We do things in our community. We are constantly reaching out. Just this week, beloved, we will... Um, send backpacks across the street to Grove Park Elementary School. We'll provide a cookout for our, um, our scout troop that's located here. We will feed tomorrow night at the Piedmont Rescue Mission. And next Friday, if everything goes according to plan and Williams plays football, we'll feed the football team. We love our community. We'd love for you to come be a part of our community. Are you working to multiply in your own home and in your own community because the stronger you've made your families and the stronger you've made your neighborhoods the stronger you have made the whole community around you he says to them build houses plant gardens in other words make deep roots where you are and celebrate You're now on notice, beloved. I said this a couple weeks ago, and now I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to walk up to different people, and I'm going to say, who's your disciple? Who are you reaching? Who are you inviting? Who are you praying for? Who can I pray for you with that you're trying to get to know Jesus Christ? Because if we are doing that, if we are taking these verses and we are multiplying, we're not just multiplying our families, but we are multiplying disciples. 
then we'll be a community champion. Because our community will get better the more and more people know who Jesus is. But there's a final thought here. There's a final thought that we must remember to maintain an inward and an outward focus. I've talked a lot about us looking in our homes and I've talked about us looking in our neighborhoods, but, but understand that we got to have a broader picture here. Look at verse number seven. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Seek the welfare. The word welfare here is shalom. It means peace. It's better understood, not as just a a cessation of hostilities, but it it means a, a wholeness. So he says here, seek the wholeness of the place where I have sent you. It's, a, it's an imperative, seek is. But it, it, it's not like at our house. Eliza is not nearly as blind as I am. So Eliza can take her glasses off and she can leave them anywhere and still see. I right now, I know you're here, but that's about as much as it goes. So my glasses are always on. If my glasses aren't on, I know exactly where I've laid them. Because I only lay them in one spot. Because Eliza just can go and do. Scarlett has created a song about searching for Zuzu's glasses. Because we're having to seek them. That's not the seek he's talking for here. The word seek here in the Hebrew means to demand or require. So what he is saying here, God is telling those that are in Babylon to demand for the wholeness of Babylon. So for us, beloved, that means that we are to demand for the wholeness of Burlington and for the wholeness of Alamance County. Now, as we hear that message from God, we should understand that there puts a lot of demands on us. It means that first, you and I must determine what is keeping Burlington and Alamance County from being whole. We have to go and study it. We just can't go in and have our thoughts and just go and do. We have to say, now what is it that's keeping us from being whole? We have to look at figures and statistics. We have to ask questions of people. Maybe we have to ask questions of people that we are not normally in dialogue with. And then we must understand that to seek, to demand for the wholeness of Burlington and Alamance County is not just to ask questions about what is it that is keeping us from being whole, it is also figuring out what's the best practices that we can engage in to make us whole. Now, a lot of us have a lot of opinions. 
We have opinions shaped from our own backgrounds. We have opinions shaped by our own experiences. We have opinions shaped by our own political proclivities. But beloved, your opinion is not knowledge. Let me say that again. Your opinion is not knowledge. So we have to study and know what the best practices are and not come in making assumptions off of our opinions. Now I understand that, that some of you will say, well, preacher, the answer to what is the best thing that we need right now is Jesus. Yes, beloved, I know that. I know that our entire town and our entire county needs Jesus. I know that every one of us sitting here needs Jesus. But as I said last week, you can have Jesus. You can know that you are eternally secure and going to make heaven your eternal home and still be hungry. You can know Jesus and lack a sound education. You can know Jesus and still need a job. And beloved, as long as one person in our county is going hungry, we're not whole. As long as one child is going uneducated in our county, we're not whole. As long as someone cannot find for themselves a job to meet their basic needs, we are not whole. And so see, beloved, it's not an either-or option. It is a hand-in-hand -hand option of us going and giving Jesus, but also saying that we need other things for wholeness, which also means that you and I cannot be silent for these things but that you and I must advocate for them. We must advocate for these things after we have studied, after we have learned, after we have sought out what are best practices, after we have talked to people that we normally don't talk to, we have to go and say, hey, to the leaders, to the government, to those in the ability to change things, we have to say, hey, you need to do this. Everybody needs to know Every child in Alamance County needs to know the Grove Park's fighting for them. Every person in East Burlington needs to know that Grove Park is fighting for them. Everybody in Alamance County needs to know that we are fighting for them because we love our community. And some of you are saying, preacher, I just can't do it. I'm not a public person. Beloved, that doesn't mean that you sit still and idle. It means you find your way to do it. But above all else, you don't miss the last half of this verse. And pray. And pray to the Lord on its behalf for it's in, in its welfare. You will find your welfare 
Beloved, you and I read this and we say, oh, of course they're going to pray. We pray for our community. No, beloved, I need you to think about this in the way that it has to come across to the children who receive, the children of Israel who received this letter from Jeremiah. Jeremiah is giving them the words of God and the word of God to them is you must pray for the Babylonians. You go, well, duh. No. These are the Babylonians. These are the Babylonians who have killed sons and daughters, husbands and wives, as they took them on that trek from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. These are Babylonians who have turned upside down their very lives, who have taken them from places of position of leadership and wealth places that they know, places where they have already have deep roots where their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents and their great-great-grandparents are buried, taking them from everything they've known, taking them from the temple where God in their thought process resides, and they have moved them far, far away from home. These are not people we would normally pray for. But God says, pray for them. Pray for them. I mean, it's about like, it's about like God coming down. This is a bad example, but it's one we'll give you. It's about like God coming down and saying to everybody who's a student at the, or an alumnus, of uh, the alumna of the University of North Carolina. Your job is to pray for the Duke basketball team and Mike Krzyzewski. And you are to pray not that they trip, not that they fall, not that their basketballs are deflated. You are to pray that they are their very best. That they are at the top of their game. Now, I don't know about you all, but that's hard for me to think about. I mean, I might pray for them to live out a country song, you know, where their wife leaves them, their dog dies, and their truck explodes. But I, no. But that's what God says here. God says, pray. Pray for the people who are nothing like you. Pray for the people who don't think like you. And don't pray for them to think like you. Don't pray for them to be you. Pray for them to find wholeness. Because, beloved, sometimes we think we got it all straight, and we really don't. And so we shouldn't pray for people to be like us. Because we're still works in progress. If we pray for wholeness, then that also means that we pray for God to come into their lives and radically change their life. We pray for them that their very best would occur to them. And when we do that, God says, your welfare will get better.
your welfare will get better. For in your welfare, in their welfare, you will find your welfare. So you see, beloved, if we're not community champions, if we're not community champions, we will not get better. Because if Burlington doesn't get better, we don't get better. If Alamance County doesn't get better, we don't get better. And we could be doing everything, but if we aren't fulfilling this passage, we're missing it. We're missing it entirely. Because God has sent us here to make this place better. And so, beloved, today the question for us is, are we going to be all that we have now stated on paper we are? Are we going to be grace-centered, disciple-making, kingdom-driven community champions? i tell you what I think. I think if we are, if we're doing all these things that we've looked at over these last four Sundays, Jesus will be famous. Grove Park might not be famous, but Jesus will be famous. And the world around us will be better. And we'll also have a whole boatload of new neighbors when we get to heaven. And that's all I really care about. That's all any of us should ever care about. Are we living the gospel such that it changes lives? To this God is calling us. How will we respond today? Let us pray. Lord, if home is where the heart is, then help us have a heart for home. A heart that oozes grace, a heart that desires everyone to, to come into reconciliation with you. A heart that is holistic in its gospel, that's not simply worried about spiritual concerns, but worried about the fact that people's lives are better, that they may know Jesus better or may know Him at all. And that we would seek to make the area around us better because You have called us to that, because You have placed us here. And Lord, Your plans for us are always for good. That's what verse number 11 says. And we quote it a lot, but we quote it out of the context of what it is saying and the rest around it. This is your plan for us. It is your good, pleasing, and perfect plan. So help us, Lord, to fulfill it. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please note our schedule has been revised as of April 2021. Please join us on Sunday mornings for worship at 10 o'clock in the Sanctuary at 108 Trail 1 in Burlington or on Facebook Live. For more information and resources regarding our church, please visit groveparkchurch.net. And remember, grace abound.